Book Two, Chapter Eight of Red Masquerade. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Red Masquerade by Louis Joseph Vance. Book Two, The Lone Wolf's Daughter, Chapter Eight council of the godless some one exclaimed in an accent of alarm number one with a concerted turning of startled heads a hasty thrusting back of chairs the gathering rose in involuntary deference that is five rose as one and after a moment during which his spirit of insubordination faltered and failed the englishman got awkwardly to his feet and stood abashed and sullen the one to remain seated was the irishman so well turned out by conduit street who made no move more than slightly to elevate supercilious brows and slouch a little lower in his chair glancing from face to face of the circle then back to the cold countenance presented by the author of the abrupt interruption this last stood quietly beside the eighth chair a hand on its carved arm one foot on the edge of the dais a long robe of black silk enveloped him on its bosom a chinese unicorn was embroidered his girdle clasp was of imperial jade set with rubies the girdle itself was yellow a great ruby button nearly an inch in diameter set in a mounting of worked gold crowned a hat like an inverted round bowl his black silk shoes were heavy with golden embroidery and had white soles an inch thick authority lent inches to his stature so that he seemed to dominate his company physically as well as spiritually a pace or two in the rear shaikh tsin with impassive face and arms folded in voluminous sleeves waited as might a bodyguard a sardonic glimmer in eyes half visible under heavy lids alone betrayed relish of the situation the homage commanded and the sensation created by this inopportune and unheralded arrival deliberately number one mounted the dais and posed himself in the throne-like chair then as his look read face after face he smiled with twitching and disdainful nostrils gentlemen of the council he said slowly i bow to you all pray be seated in confounded silence the six resumed their seats while the seventh who had not moved lighted a cigarette inhaled deeply and through a veil of smoke continued to regard number one with insolent eyes i fear my arrival was ill-timed gentlemen 
seven had the floor and i confess to finding what i happened to overhear extremely interesting if he will be good enough to continue the irishman gave a light derisive laugh shifting uneasily in his chair the man in the checked suit flushed darkly then stiffened his spine hardened his eyes set his jaw and faced number one defiantly you heard i olds what i said i am to understand then you think it time for me to abdicate and let another lead you in my stead the englishman assented with an inarticulate monosyllable and a surly nod and may i ask why blue's place in pickin street was raided this afternoon seven announced truculently but perhaps you didn't know not until some time before the news reached you one replied pleasantly and what of it three fices in a week governor anybody'll tell you that's comin it a bit thick granted what then that's only part of it tyke last week eighteen pinched the queer plant in ice street pulled by the coppers i know i know to your point seven hesitated under that steely stare i leave it to you governor he continued to stammer at length say you was me and i was number one what would you think why quite naturally that some superior intelligence has latterly been collaborating with scotland yard aren't you a bit behindhand in arriving at that conclusion the irishman suggested with an ill-dissembled sneer no eleven number one replied mildly since i arrived at it some time since but took no measures you are in a position to state that as a fact eleven shrugged lightly need i be does not our situation speak for itself since you cannot be as thoroughly acquainted as i am with the situation and since it seems i am required to account for my leadership or surrender it to you eleven i believe you have selected yourself to replace me as number one have you not that is to say in the improbable event of my abdication improbable repeated the irishman i wouldn't call it that you're right number one assented gravely unthinkable is the word but you haven't answered my question oh as for that if the council should see fit to appoint me number one i'd naturally do my best and most noble of you i'm sure but rather than bring down any such disaster upon this organization i will say now that measures have already been taken and i am to-night in a position to promise you that the new spirit in scotland yard will no longer be a factor in our calculations that once proving eleven contended a spasm of anger shook the figure in the throne-like chair but only for an instant 
immediately the iron will of the man imposed rigid self-control almost without pause he proceeded in level and civil accents i think i can satisfy you and this once i consent to do so but first a question have you yourself formed any theory as to the identity of this hostile intelligence which has so hindered us of late i'd be a raw fool if i hadn't the irishman retorted we know the lone wolf has been hand in glove with the authorities ever since the british secret service used him during the war you think then it's lanyard it's a wise saying said a thief to catch a thief i believe there's no man in england but lanyard who has the wit and vision and audacity to fight us on our ground and win i agree entirely therefore i have this day tied the hands of the lone wolf he will not again dare to contend against us eleven sat up with a startled gesture are you meaning you've got the girl number one indulged a remote and chilly smile then you too noticed the advertisement except my compliments eleven decidedly you might prove a dangerous rival were i in a temper to countenance competition but it is true i have the girl sophia the lone wolf's daughter where the smile faded the man on the dais looked down loftily it is enough for you to know i have proved far-sighted and unfailing in my fidelity to our common cause so you say though the irishman winced and fell silent under the cold glare of the other's eyes the voice that answered him was level and passionless i am not here to have my word challenged or my authority if any one of you imagines i am even thinking of surrendering the letter under any conceivable circumstances he is mad and if any one of you doubts my power to enforce my will i promise him ample proof of it before the night is ended let us now proceed to business the question held over from our last meeting if comrade four will consult his minutes a nod singled out the baboo who beaming with importance produced a notebook they will show we adjourned to consider overtures made by the small knee institute of petrograd seeking our cooperation towards accelerating the social revolution in england that the bengali affirmed is true bill of fact if the temper in which you received those proposals is fair criterion number one resumed there can be little doubt as to our decision speaking for myself i think it would be suicidal to reject the overtures of the soviet government in russia let me state why he bowed his forehead upon a hand and continued with thoughtful gaze downcast england is ripe for revolution the social discontent resulting from the war has reached an acute stage 
only a spark is needed it remains for us to decide whether to permit russia to bring about the explosion or bring it about ourselves the soviet movement is irresistible it will sweep england eventually as it has swept russia as it is now sweeping germany hungary austria italy as it must soon sweep france and spain our power in england is great even so we could hope to do no more than delay the soviet movement were we to set ourselves against it we could never hope to stop it it would seem then self-preservation to set ourselves at the head of it seize with our own hands in the name of the british soviet the symbols of power now held by an antiquated and doddering government so shall we become to england what the small knee 